Wrestling is a production of Truth Exchange and is made possible by the generous financial support of our listeners and friends like you. If you'd like more information about Truth Exchange or how you can be a partner, please visit us online at truthexchange.com. But the more I know Jesus, the more I realize that Jesus loves the feminine in me. Society has brought me up to suppress the so-called feminine dimensions of my humanness. But when Jesus makes me whole, both sides of who I am meant to be will be finally realized. Then and only then will I be fully able to love Jesus. Who said that? Tony Campolo. I'd like to say something on sexuality. As part of this uh, monistic system, as I said, my third book is going to be focusing upon God and sex because I believe that uh, these two subjects are at the essence of who we are as human beings, obviously. And uh, the power of this pagan revival can be measured in its ability to address us, all of us, in a radical way about who we are. If it simply spoke about philosophy, it would only touch one or two of you here. If it simply had economics as its subject matter, the business folks here would be interested. But I'm going to go out on a limb here and bet that each one of you here is either a male or a female. Hands up those who are not male or female. Actually, in this day and age, that can be an awkward question, you know? Uh, <laughs> you have to be careful what kinds of questions you ask. But um, in spite of that complication, you see the point that uh, if you start to mess with sexuality, you have actually touched everybody on the planet. Because God created everybody on the planet, male and female. And so his design is to reach us through sexuality. And the pagan redescription via the lie must address the question of sexuality. And it seems to me then, not without a significant sense of irony, that this um, revival of paganism corresponds and, and has, takes place at the same time as the sexual revolution. Think about that for a moment. We're in the midst of asking who is God and what is truth. And at that very so same moment, we're in radical chaos as to who we are as sexual beings. It seems to me that we need to look, therefore, at the sexual revolution not simply as the inevitable turning of the wheels of democracy, giving civil rights to one more deprived group of people, but much more as part of the pagan agenda to change the way we think about everything. And I mentioned earlier that uh, when you think about sexuality today, one thing that is obvious is the massive attack on patriarchy. And you students at universities know that better than anybody else. If you for once opened your mouth to try to defend the patriarchal worldview, you would be cackled out of the room. And any one of you who tried to get a job teaching in a university, you wouldn't get one if you owned up that you believed in the patriarchal system. And if you managed to get a job and you did brilliantly and somebody accused you of patriarchy, you would not get tenure, no question. In the vast majority of the universities today, that is the case. And the sexual revolution, you see, has First of all, succeeded by identifying a crisis. It tends to be the sort of Hegelian view of history that works quite well. You know, there's the thesis, and then there's the antithesis, and finally the synthesis. And there's a sort of a Hegelian view here that you have a crisis, then you have to deconstruct that structure that produced the crisis, and then eventually you can produce a new 
reconstruction. The crisis is patriarchy. It's the most uh, dangerous structure in the world. It is the original sin. It has become the great sin, heteropatriarchy. A number of leading theologians now describe heteropatriarchy as the great sin of which the church must repent. And there are millions and millions and millions of dollars being expended by your government to make this happen in programs all over the USA. And indeed, somebody in the diplomatic corps could probably give me the evidence to show that this happens throughout the world. So there's a, a crisis on our hands, and the crisis has to be solved. And so the solution to patriarchy is to deconstruct it by the promotion of sort of an egalitarian notion. Now, of course, the Bible does teach fundamental equality. And any guy with half a brain knows that to be true. There are one or two people that are not dealing in the whole deck who, uh, who try to be these great patriarchs, you know, with the anger of God who beat their wives. And I've been told this morning that we now have Christian patriarchs that are into the revival of polygamy. Yeah, anything is possible. As, as uh, Yogi Berra said <clears throat> when uh, he heard that a Jew had been elected mayor of Dublin Island, he said, only in America. <laughs> <laughs> and so we, um, we know that that's not what we're talking about. There is in scripture the teaching of a fundamental equality where males and females are made in the image of God about no other created order is that ever said. Males and females are both given the creational command to dominate the, the earth. It's a fabulous, you know, mandate given to both. And yet at the same time, Paul argues so clearly that Adam was created first and there's a firstness in role. Well, and so patriarchy based upon that, that true understanding, is now being deconstructed. Um, it was a French word that came into my mind just then, and that won't work for you folks, so I gotta look for another one. But anyway, the something taken down. Well, what are we putting in its place? Equality sounds fine. Uh, that's very American, and, and probably quite just in terms of the Constitution. But there is behind that egalitarian notion, a much more religious agenda that the elite pagans uh, want to institute as normative. Now you might think that I get a bit wacky when I talk about these people. Uh, the average American doesn't buy this kind of stuff. But, you know, these are the people who control the levers of power. And this is what they believe. That we are on the verge of the production of a new kind of human being. Homo noeticus. This was the phrase used by Robert Mueller, who was once an undersecretary of state for the United Nations up to here in New Age monistic paganism. Uh, first speaker, plenary speaker of the Parliament of the World's Religions. 
Who said a, a new and higher form of humanity is taking control of the planet? Homo noeticus is the name I give to the emerging form of humanity. Homo noeticus, a new rational spiritual human being. Well, what is this Homo noeticus? Certainly on the sexual level, the goal, as you can imagine, if you recall my circle here, the goal is androgyny. The new human being is no longer limited by the hard and fast distinctions into right and wrong, true and false, male and female. It's interesting. Did you read that article by Gene Edward Veith in World who described Bill Clinton as the first postmodern president? It was a very interesting article. Homo noeticus. No longer limited by the hard and fast separation of reality into right and wrong, true and false, and of course, male and female. Because what is the goal of the pagan? That mystical experience we talked about needs to have some kind of uh, implications or repercussions on all kinds of levels, right? If you've had the experience that you are part of the whole through mystical meditation, you then conclude, as Ram Das did, that everything else about you is purely uninteresting. And the fact that you are male or female really has not that much significance. And so Ram Das finally comes out as a homosexual. But as a matter of fact, it is important to be able to say that masculinity and femininity are not that significant. Because behind it all is the notion of the bringing together of the opposites. You see, if you have that notion of the circle and of the infusion of all things together, then all the religions fuse together. But then the sexual roles sort of fuse together as well. In case you think that I'm making this up, and you probably do, I need to give you a couple of citations. Um, oh, for instance, Shirley MacLaine. Speaking Now, you might not take her very seriously. She's a very intelligent woman, by the way. First of all, brilliant businesswoman. Um, she must be a multimillionaire. But she's, she's understood paganism very well and sort of explains it in a simple way to millions of people in her various books. Shirley MacLaine says that her higher self who is always loving, that's nice to know, of course, because the lower self often is not. Her higher self is always loving, is a balance between both masculine and feminine. Mircea Eliade, some of you might be interested in this man, some of you might know him, recently died, a well-known 
uh, comparative religions expert uh, who edited a massive um, encyclopedia on religion said this, that the androgynous being sums up the very goal of the mystical monistic quest. He saw in androgyny, oh, he saw androgyny in many traditional pagan religions. I'll just quote this. An archaic and universal formula for the expression of wholeness, the coexistence of the contraries, the coincidentia oppositorum, symbolizing perfection and ultimate being. I know I've lost you already. But the goal is, you see, the joining of all the opposites in this cosmic unity. Now, and I have many other examples of this. For instance, C.J. Jung believed that the um, homosexual was an expression of this final bringing together of all the archetypes. An excellent book, two excellent books on C.J. Jung, by the way, if you're interested in him, by a man named Noel, N-O-L-L, a Harvard researcher, not at all a believer, has totally demonstrated Freud's radical anti-Christian religious paganism, uh, the, the Jung cult is the first one, and that was followed a couple of years later by the Aryan Christ, Richard Knoll, N-O-L-L. Absolutely page-turner reading. Uh, so Jung understood very well paganism and uh, argues for androgyny. But the point is, of course, that uh, how do you realize androgyny. You know, the, the, the number of people actually, does anyone know what an androgyny means? I've been using this term for the last 10 minutes and just one or two people know what it means. Well, okay, you're the elite. You know what it means. For those of you who don't know, here it is. Uh, andros, the genitive form of anair, means man, and gune means woman. So you put the two together and you get hermaphrodite. No, wait a minute. Yes, you do. Hermaphrodite is uh, another way of saying it. Hermas and Aphrodite being a male and female god, they're joined together. So you have those two terms, and hermaphrodite or an androgynous person or androgyny means the bringing together of male and female into one person. Well, you know, the number of people that are actually born with male and female genitalia is infinitesimal. I mean, it, it, it's so insignificant, it n would never show up. But it, apparently, it has happened once in a, you know, thousands of years, it does happen. But obviously, that is not the answer. That is not surely the goal, because it, it, it's not possible. And I have begun to think that one of the areas where this androgyny seems to be able to succeed is in the area of homosexuality. Now, why do I say that? Well, first of all, the homosexual leaders 
uh, as I read them, are very much aware that their sexuality has a spiritual meaning. Uh, Emily Culpepper, an eco-feminist lesbian witch teaching at Redlands University in California, uh, calls the homosexual a shaman. That is someone who passes over into other realms of spirituality. Um, Virginia Mullencutt, Virginia Ramey Mullencutt, who was an evangelical for many years and came out finally as, this is interesting, came out in, not sure exactly when or whether it was with her book, Sensuous Spirituality, or whether it came out before then, as a lesbian, actually says this, that her new form of Christianity is the result of um, the use of tarot cards, I Chi, I Ching, which is uh, Chinese divination, and a deep study of the New Age text, A Course in Miracles. So her new spirituality is clearly part of her coming out as a lesbian. And she argues that homosexuals are wedges driven into the heteropatriarchal structure of society in order to bring it down. And that she says, we are God's ambassadors. You see then what I'm saying, the relationship between homosexuality and spirituality. The leaders of this movement make the point. Now what is the spirituality? In the case of Mollenkart, it is an open endorsement and a reception of this monistic worldview. What is the sexuality of this monistic worldview? We said was androgyny. And I would argue that homosexuality is about as close as you can get to androgyny without being born with two sets of genitalia. And the reason is this. In the lesbian and homosexual act, both males get to play a male and a female role similarly in the lesbian act. There is a sense in which some aspect of that vision of the androgyny, of, an, of the androgynous being, is realized in the homosexual act. And of course it has the other wonderful spiritual power to it, that it overturns the creational structures. So you have those two. Where God places distinction, here there is confusion. And where God creates male and female as distinct, here you have two males playing as if they are male and female. So the homosexual sexual option is not an issue ultimately of civil rights there is a powerful spirituality behind it. Now, I see this revolution today, and I'll end with this, in a stage where there is radical sexual confusion. When you read something like that from the pen of Tony Campolo, you realize how confusing things can get. But uh, I've been reading in various magazines that tell me that more and more young people are putting off 
the choice of their sexual identity. It's as if today, instead of wearing bell-bottom pants and long hair, kids are choosing to not be sexually defined. Um, or when they do, they're choosing to be homosexual, just for the fun of it. I sent my two daughters uh, to public school for the first time because of our particular situation this fall. And they came home with two friends. One's 15, the other's 16. Both of them lesbians and one a witch. Well, what do you do? <laughs> what do you do? Well, my wife and I sort of gleefully rubbed our hands, as a matter of fact, and says, here's a chance to lead these two kids to creational and redemptive health. And so we've been encouraging our girls to bring them home. And we've taken them to church a few times, so who knows. But that's just uh, an add-on. But the point is that more and more young people are wanting to be sexually ambiguous. To be able to choose either way. And uh, it seems to me that we are seeing now the fruits of this sexual revolution that began in the 60s in the sexual confusion of our kids and that this will only continue and that something like what Tony Campolo writes is only going to you know, encourage that kind of sexual confusion. God created us male and female and there was no command to discover the female within Adam or the male within Eve. And it seems to me that we need to be able to express our differences in a day of total radical sexual confusion. I could say so much more, but I probably need to stop here. Um, let me just reiterate this, that what's happening on the sexual level is not a fluke. It's not democracy. I believe deep down it is part of the essential promotion of pagan monism going to the very heart of who we are as human beings in order to overturn the creational structures so that the very signs that Paul says are in the creation themselves to remind us of God the Creator will be obliterated. Bon appétit. This podcast has been made possible by the generous financial support of our listeners and friends like you. Thank you for helping us equip and empower churches to communicate the gospel effectively and lovingly to a culture that has lost the crucial distinction between worshiping creation and worshiping the triune creator and redeemer. Spanning Jordan's swelling tide You behold the Union Depot Into which your train will glide There you meet the superintendent God the Father, God the Son With the heart he just plotted Weary pilgrim
Join us in thy praise for 